You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello and welcome back. I want to ask you a question. What have you done lately that will help your chances with God? And do you think what you have done uh, is going to be adequate to satisfy God so that you're accepted by Him someday? Have you done enough? And how would you ever know if you have done enough? Who's to say that a person has been good enough to be accepted by God? And I could just imagine someone sitting around uh, worrying and wondering, have my life's efforts been good enough? All the good things that I've tried to do my whole life, is it going to measure up someday? And that is a real worry to carry around. And I know of at least one person who works fervishly on charity. And uh, I think that they have this impression that all this charity work is going to earn favor with God. And what a heavy burden to be carrying around. And uh, there's a very appropriate uh, illustration that we can use. Um, Think of Mount Everest. It provides a good illustration of religions today. And most people think of God and his holiness as Mount Everest. So uh, God is this high mountain that you have to try to measure up to. And the pinnacle, the, pe- the very peak of the mountain is God's standard of holiness. And uh, the climbers on Mount Everest are those trying to reach God, working hard uh, to try to reach the pinnacle and achieve God's standard and meet all of God's requirements in order to come to God and to be accepted by him. And so here are all these people climbing up Mount Everest, and uh, there's a lot of planning and a lot of training uh, and a lot of preparation to go in, that goes into it. And once you start on it, it's a grueling climb. And so I can't imagine, you know, embarking on this uh, journey, trying to make it to the, the peak of Mount Everest. And uh, it could be months or years of training and preparation. And a lot of people that start on the journey never make it. Maybe they lacked preparation. Maybe they didn't have the proper gear. Maybe they didn't have the endurance that was required to make it to the top of the mountain. Maybe their luck changed and uh, they, they experienced bad weather and had to turn back. There are frozen bodies littered around uh, the mount uh, along these trails where people have tried to walk up. Sadly, you could go online, and I don't recommend this, but it's out there. You can, you can go and see these pictures of uh, people frozen, and uh, hikers uh, apparently you know, see frozen bodies uh, on occasion on Mount Everest, and it's just a sad reality that a lot of people that start out don't make it to the top, and some people even die uh, in their efforts. There are others who stay at the bottom, and they're uh, looking up, and they don't even start. You know, think of your casual hiker. Uh, They may enjoy hiking around the base of Mount Everest, but they, they look up to the top, and they would never even attempt it 
um, because it's too daunting of a task and they don't even start. They just are content to stay at the bottom. And uh, the world's religions are illustrated by the camps that litter the sides of the mountains. Have you seen these camps? They're, uh, they're tents uh, from these uh, trekkers coming through and um, staying at these kind of midpoint camps. Maybe there's a base camp and there are various camps along the way. And these camps are there to help people. They're going to help you to get there to the peak. They're going to aid. They will nourish they will replenish them, and they're going to show them the way to the top. They're not going to do it for them, but they'll do everything they can to help these trekkers make it to the top of the mountain. And so they'll nourish them, and they'll kind of push them along their way and point them in the right direction, and the hikers will continue to try to reach uh, the pinnacle of the mountain. And this really is a good picture of churches or rather, the world's religions today. Um, they're there to try to help you make the climb to reach up and somehow measure up to God's requirements and be accepted by God. You have to do the work, but they're going to point you in the right direction, and they're, they're going to help you as much as they can. Is this what religion is for you? Are you trying to climb up the mountain to God, and to somehow measure up to what God requires. And what if I told you that this is uh, an incorrect picture of God and of salvation? And really, this is what separates true Christianity from every other religion in the world. And when I say true Christianity, I mean Christianity that comes right from God's Word, the Bible. And there are many so-called Christian denominations or Christian religions that don't get truth from the Bible. And this false picture of the climb up to Mount Everest is, it really describes uh, the world's religions, both uh, inside Christianity, these Christian denominations, and outside Christianity. Think Islam, think um, Hinduism, and, uh, and all the world's religions um, they have this false view. But what does the Bible say? While every religion is trying to help you to climb up and achieve your own self-righteousness and somehow by your own efforts reach up to God, um, the Bible gives us a starkly different picture. And it's okay to think of God as being up on Mount Everest. You know, he's the high and lofty one. He he's, sits upon his throne in heaven, and uh, he's way up there. But I submit this to you, that Mount Everest is too low uh, to adequately picture God. And the picture that we get in Scripture is that God uh, really sits on an unscalable cliff. He's so high up that no one could ever climb up and reach God's standard of holiness. And that's because God's standard of holiness is absolute perfection. And uh, you and I are not perfectly holy. No one on the face of this earth is perfectly holy. And so if you have ever told a lie if you have ever um, thought adulterous thoughts or committed adultery, 
If you have ever stolen something, taken something that was not yours, if you have ever uh, dishonored your parents some way, or if you have ever taken the, the Lord's name in vain, you are not innocent, and already you have not measured up to God's standard of holiness. And so try as you might, climb, 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 and, and try to reach the pinnacle, you'll never get there. Your, your efforts will be inadequate. And how holy is God? Well, in the Old Testament, in Habakkuk 1.13, the prophet said, Speaking of God, thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. God is so pure and so holy that he cannot even look upon sin. And so if you and I have sinned, how could God look upon us? And this is what causes separation between God and man. But you know, the Bible tells us that God is holy, and the Bible also tells us that God is just. He's just, and that means that he is going to judge sin. And Jesus spoke of this terrible place called hell, and he just spoke of it in gruesome terms. It's a place of fire and brimstone where the worm does not die. That means no one dies in hell. Uh, Jesus spoke of hell as a, a place of eternal punishment. And so this is really bad news for mankind. We cannot possibly measure up to God's perfect standard of holiness. And because we don't, we're doomed to a, to a place of eternal punishment called hell. But you know, while God is holy and while God is just, God is also loving and he loves you, and he loves me, and he provided a way out. And it's not by making the long climb up to the peak of Mount Everest. There's another way. And can you think of, of what God did for us or what he provided for us in order to save us? Just think about it for a moment. I hope you thought of Jesus Christ's death on the cross of Calvary. And have you ever thought about why did Jesus have to die? And the Bible tells us that God provided his own son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross in order to pay the debt that we owed for our sin. And so you and I, we owe this tremendous debt to God, and we just don't measure up to God's standard of holiness but God reaches down in love with his own precious son, Jesus Christ, and he says, my son is going to pay the price that you pay, that you owe, and he did that on the cross of Calvary. And so think of the most famous verse, um, I think, all around the world today. It's probably John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me recite that one more time. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, think about this. If God really wanted you to work for your salvation. 
That would mean that you would never know, you could never know if God was going to accept you until you stand before him in judgment. And in my mind, that would not be a very loving God. That would actually be a cruel thing to do, to tell us, you know, you have to somehow measure up to my standard, and I'm not going to tell you if you have, but you just have to work your whole life and and do the best you can, and maybe you'll make it and maybe you won't, but I'll surprise you in the end and tell you if you're going to make it. That, in my mind, is not a loving God. And in fact, that is not what God requires of us. He doesn't require us to scale the heights of Mount Everest. He, in, instead, he has provided us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And what we get in Scripture is not the picture of hiking up the mountain. Rather, it's a picture of a gift, a free gift, that we receive. A free gift is really the adequate illustration that accurately describes uh, salvation according to the Bible. And I'm open to, I have my Bible open here to Hebrews chapter 10. And Hebrews is a book that um, really exalts Jesus Christ and lifts up Christ as the only way of salvation. And I want to read several verses uh, to you here. It's about eight verses, but I want you to listen very carefully to what God says. He says, We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. He's speaking of the uh, priests in the Old Testament who daily offered sacrifices in the tabernacle or in the temple. And he says those sacrifices could never take away sin. But this man, he's speaking of Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission or where forgiveness of of these is, there is no more offering of sin. I don't know if you caught all of that. I really would encourage you to take out a Bible that you might have at home and open it up to the book of Hebrews and read chapter 10, verses 10 through 18. And you'll see the true picture of God and salvation. And what we see in this passage here is that God is not requiring us to uh, to do this grueling climb up the mountain to his perfect standard. Instead, God has provided us a sacrifice that is a free gift to us. It's Jesus Christ, and it says, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. 
And so you see, if you accept this one sacrifice that God has provided, the gift of his precious son who died on the cross of Calvary, if you accept that sacrifice as payment for your sin, there's no more sacrifice to be made, no more charities to work, no more uh, prayers of the rosary, uh, nothing more you could possibly add. There's one sacrifice that is acceptable to God, and he offers it to you as a free gift. And so all you have to do is reach out and accept this gift. There is no more sacrifice for sin. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ was a once-for-all sacrifice, and God is a gracious God. He he loves you, and he extends this free offer of salvation, and Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. And anyone who just receives that free gift of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ can be saved. I want to read you another passage um, in Romans chapter 10, um, two verses here, and listen to this. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now I want to ask you, does that sound like the picture of making the trek up the side of Mount Everest? Or does that sound more like the free gift? That sounds like a free gift to me. And this is the true picture of salvation that we have from God's word. That if you just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Just take God at his word if God said it, you can believe it, and you don't have to climb up the mountain any longer. Simply believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and confess with your mouth, and the Bible says, you will be saved. And it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that, my friend, is a free gift. So stop working for your salvation. Stop trying to climb up to the top of the mountain and simply believe in your heart and take God at his word and trust that the Lord Jesus Christ did all the work for you. And there's nothing left for you to do. And you know what? If you go and try to add on works on top of what Jesus Christ has already done, that is an offense to God. God says in Isaiah 64, 6, that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. They're filthy rags. Why would God say that about people trying to do good things? To him, they're filthy rags because he has provided a gift of such infinite worth, the death of his own son, and you know the cruel um, beatings and crucifixion, all of God's wrath poured out on his son, 
That was such a high cost for God to pay for your salvation that when you come along and you try to hold up charity work, being kind to your neighbor, good things, you're basically spitting in the face of God and telling him the sacrifice of your precious son wasn't enough, and I'm going to add a little bit of my own good works. And that is an offense to God. He doesn't want you to try to climb the mountain yourself. He's reached out and provided you the gift of his son. And God's word gives us this blessed promise that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so stop working and stop trying to climb and call upon the name of the Lord. Would you do that? May God bless you. Be thou my way.